This podcast is brought to you by 3B, the mental wellbeing company, hosted by Claire and Sue, co-founders of 3B. When you've got your wellbeing mojo on, you're firing on all cylinders. You're accepting of whatever comes your way. You're being resilient. We believe that one size does not fit all, and we want you to discover your own wellbeing mojo. So join us on our podcast journey where we'll be exploring the many different aspects of mental well-being. And hopefully, you can learn what you need to get your well-being mojo on. This week's podcast features an extract from our weekly radio show, Let's Talk Wellbeing. Thank you for listening in with us. So, our discussion is about emotions and this discussion came from something that we posted on our 3B page a while ago. So, it's not a poem, it's just more of a saying really. It says, in Irish, when you talk about emotion, you don't say, I am sad. You'd say... Sadness is on me. Oh, I don't even know if I should say it. It says, Tabron on. I have no idea if I've said that right. Anybody who's Irish out there, I apologise now. I am sorry. But yeah, sadness is on me. And this goes on to say, and I love that because there's an implication of not identifying yourself with the emotion fully. I am not sad, it's just sad that it's just that sadness is on me for a while. Something else will be on me another time, and that's a good thing to recognise. So we wanted to talk about this because both Sue and I were like, oh yeah, like that, weren't we, Sue? Yeah, definitely. I don't know. I think we'd seen it separately, hadn't Again, we? Yeah. But then and both kind of it really drawn to it. And, and we 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 know this when we're both drawn to something, we go, oh, what's that about? It must really link with our work. So we were both both drawn to this, and I really liked that. That actually, it's about sadness is on me. It's not that you are sad. So there's one way of thinking about it for me about this. You aren't sad. That's not who you are. You are this whole other, you know, multifaceted person. There's so many sides to you. It's just you happen to be sad at that point in time. So that, for me, is that, oh, sadness is on me. Just right now, that's what's on me. And I really like that. And then the opposite for me was, but if you're not identifying yourself fully with that emotion, then aren't you missing something? So I'm just I'm going to ask you, Sue, what, what did you come from with this? Well, exactly the same. I had exactly the same thoughts because my initial kind of response was, you know, it's kind of the sadness is on me. So I don't have to kind of carry it around with me necessarily. It's not who I am because we do tend to think about emotions in that way, don't we? I am happy. I am sad. I am angry. I am, you know, kind of, I am emotional. Probably. Most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but there's like you said there's more to it than that but i loved what you were the way you questioned it so you know like if we're not if it's, it is sort of almost suggesting that we're distancing ourselves from the emotion whereas we're always big on sort of saying that we need to sit with our emotions and feel them and lean into them what i actually think it does is it helps you acknowledge the feeling of sadness so it's kind of it's on me or i'd also seen it written as upon me right um you know i think there's different kind of phrases for it so it's kind of it's there and it's not sort of saying oh you know push it away it's sort of it's on me so it's it's kind of like it's with me mm. would be my sort of interpretation so that way that you can sort of go oh you know hello you're here you know i recognize you i recognize this feeling it gives you that opportunity then for you to decide what you do with it and i think that's then the you know you're associating with it you know you're not sort of saying this is something separate from me it's on me it's part of me but it's temporary yeah does that i don't know if i've kind of totally clarified yeah. there i think what you've just said actually reminded me and there was quite a lot of adverts about it when people were talking about mental health and they talk about the black dog don't they oh such a good advert that. it yeah. is really isn't it and, mm. and you, so you're being visited by the black dog yeah. and actually sometimes that black dog grows and becomes all encompassing blackness mm. you know when you are really really in that spiral of mental health and really not in a good place whatever that happens to be whether that's you know depression or it is mostly that but you know really in a bad place it can feel like you're living in that darkness and it's good to have just the little black dog because it, it follows you, it's with you, it's not you, it's it's a part of you, but yeah, it's not you. So actually when you're saying there, I think that's really good because it's about understanding that that darkness will all be always all-encompassing. Mm -hmm. You know, it will go, and there, there are people hopefully in your life, and we can find people who, who offer that little light to enable us to get out, like you were with me when I was in my depression, when I really hit that wall and that was it and you were there for me and you pulled me out of that you, you know you were my light and it can be really all encompassing but you were sorry she's so just going done this lovely face which well, got a lovely face anyway but she just pulled oh, this lovely you. face but it's true and it's like it's not always with you so yes that part of it i think is very true and emotions are fleeting we know that we're always trying to capture happiness aren't we and it's like it's fleeting we need to feel it when we have it so yes i i really like that that actually you know it's just it's visiting us this emotion is visiting us it's visiting us for a reason that it's it's trying to tell us something and i do i wonder if we have the black dog when it's not all encompassing, when it is the black dog, it's trying to tell us something. Yeah. I, I do like that. For anybody that's interested, it's um, if, if my memory serves me right, it's the World Health Organization, and you could probably find that little yeah. cartoon on um, on YouTube actually. Um, and yeah, I think yeah, it's sort of kind of getting it to a situation where that yeah, the black dog is visiting. But it's oh, as you say, emotions are data. They're giving us information. 
what's this about? And I think, again, that enables us to acknowledge the feeling without it being all-consuming. And actually, we can then make decisions about what we want to do about that from a more, um, I don't know, I don't want to say logical place because our feelings are important to, you know, to, important to feel that. But, yeah, just from a more, a place that sort of feels more like we're making a choice rather than the emotion is ruling us. Mm. Um, I think as well, I don't know if I'm taking this off on a different a different track, but um, there's something about, you know, this idea of sadness. Sadness is on me. You, you, you know, you're feeling that. It made me think about the word bittersweet. Oh. So you know how sometimes things can be, you know, we can have a, be in a state of melancholy or kind of, you know, have a something that, that maybe has mixed feelings for us. You know, like, I don't know if you look at a piece of art or if you hear a song, that, like you were saying earlier about songs being an anchor, mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of like, like an example I would give about, you know, I, I lost my dad several years ago and, and music was a really big part of his life. And, you know, if I, if I hear certain songs just coming on the radio, they can transport me, you know, to kind of being with him. And I, I would say that's kind of like a bittersweet. So I feel a sadness, you know, because I've lost him. Mm. But then it's also kind of like a sweet thing as well, because it's like I'm, I'm remembering him. Yeah. And it's like he's with me. And you have a, a bit of that emotion that you had at the yeah. time visiting you again. Kind yeah, of thing. absolutely. So that's not something that I would, you know, so I, I feel the sadness on me. The sadness is on me, but it's kind of a bittersweet mm. because it's got like a... And, and I mean, and that for me, with my journey with grief, is is a place that where I am now. I mean, I might have felt quite differently about that, you know, when it was still very, very raw. But um, yeah, I, I sort of because I think I think if you are a really sensitive person, I think you do tend to kind of feel your emotions, mm. you know, more fully. There's a lot of research that kind of supports that. And I yeah. think the bittersweet stuff is, is actually a big part of that for a lot of people. Um, yeah, there's a really interesting book out at the moment by Susan Cain called Bittersweet. And she's done a lot of, uh, lot of uh, research into this. So I've just been kind of like, had my eye on that recently. It's, it always reminds me when people say, oh, you know, I, I, just, I want to be happy and I want to be, and they're always striving for that. And it does remind me of that film, Inside Out. Oh, yeah. It's just such a good film for any age, really, because it can just teach you things. Mm. I think it's amazing for younger children to, to really understand that actually all of our emotions give us really important, you know, stuff that we can do with that so for anybody who's not seen it I, I do recommend that you get it out i know it's a kids program or a kids film but it really does well, it impacted so so much for me but within inside out basically you had joy who is joy and you had sadness and joy was constantly trying to push sadness away and going well, we don't need you we don't need you and she thought that joy could always get her anywhere she needed to be and get the little girl whose head she was in to act in a certain way and actually what they realized was the strong part 
was that bittersweet that you've just been talking about, Sue, that actually they lost a game. Uh, her and her team lost a game of hockey. And... But all the team were there, so she was feeling sad because they'd lost that game, but all of her team members were there for her and her family were there and, and they thought she'd done really well. And she felt that closeness, that kinship, you know, that feeling of acceptance and within her circle of friends, and that circle is really vital for us, that actually that became bittersweet. So there was sadness tinged with happiness. And that touched her a lot more than just joy could. And obviously more than just sadness could. And it is, it's such a huge thing. And it was only then that this joy realised that sadness has a place. And it really does. As does all of our other emotions. You know, fear, that protects us. You know, there's things around how we get frustrated and angry, but actually that moves us forward. I'm sure there's something, I will try and find this, and there is something about what these different emotions give us that can be really useful. I love that, what you were saying there. Um, it made me think about, um, I'll talk about my son again, um, but he sort of gets frustrated, you know, he's in his early 20s, he knows everything, he gets frustrated, um, you know, and I'm, but what I do as a parent then is I'm kind of like, oh no, I don't want him to feel like that, yeah. you know, or he's getting, and he'll sort of say to me, I'm just expressing, I'm just expressing how I'm feeling, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do anything with it, I'm just expressing my frustration or I'm just expressing my anger. He's brilliant. <laughs> he is really clued up he actually. Is. Yeah. He really is. He's like, it doesn't mean I'm going to do anything with it, I just need to get it out. And I suppose what he's doing there is he's choosing to do that maybe with me or with his friends where he feels safe. Yeah. You know, and he's able to do that, you know, rather than going doing something stupid, mm. you know, which is... He's telling you he's getting it out and that's really important as well to get our emotions out. It's really important to listen to our emotions because they are giving us information. So I found this. So bitterness... So this isn't bittersweet, but this is bitterness. Bitterness shows you where you need to heal, mm. where you're still holding judgments on others and yourself. So that's a really important one because we need to sort of, you know, accept that we've done something or others have done something and move on. Resentment. If we are feeling resentment, it shows that you're living in the past and not allowing the present to be as it is. And I think that happens quite a lot, doesn't mm, it? I can relate to that. Yeah, I know. We feel, sometimes we think something's going to look a certain way and when it doesn't, we can start to be resentful of it. Yeah. If you're feeling discomfort, it shows you that you need to pay attention right now to what is happening because you're being given the opportunity to change, to do something different than how you typically do it. So when you're feeling discomfort, it's because something needs to change. You don't do the same thing. I, I think that's that. really important. I do. That sort of, you know, if you can kind of associate discomfort with opportunity. Mm. Yeah. Definitely. It's very liberating. As I said about anger, if you're feeling anger, it shows you what you're passionate about, mm -hmm. where your boundaries are. 
and what you believe needs to change about the world, it can be really powerful anger, but it needs to be dealt with in the right way. But actually our feeling of anger shouldn't be pushing that away. Anger is an energy. It is. It's a motivator. Mm. It's a huge motivator. If your emotion is disappointment, it shows you that you tried for something and that you didn't give up or didn't give in to apathy and that you still care. You know, that's really important. If you if you know you still care about something, that's why you're feeling that disappointment. If you feel guilt, that helps you un- to understand the person that you do not want to be. It gives you the opportunity to forgive yourself in order to move on. And this is like a big one. I mean, these are thing, the kind of things that we deal with, with our in, within our emotional wealth course. Mm, there's lots that we deliver. There. Sorry, But it does, doesn't it? Mm. We, we talk a lot about forgiveness, and that's usually quite a hard one for people. <gasps> yes. But there's all sorts of things that we can help with with that, about forgiving ourselves, because we really need to. Mm. We can be very hard on ourselves. And forgiving others doesn't mean forgetting, but forgiving for our own mental well-being, yeah. isn't it? And then finally, if you're feeling shame, it shows you that you're internalising other people's beliefs about who you should be or who you are and that you need to reconnect with yourself. Now, this one for me is is the most powerful one because it really links really closely with the whole reason why we are here, 3B, stands for be, believe, breathe. It's the three Bs of the cornerstone of everything we do. We want people to feel comfortable in their own skin. We want people to believe in their own abilities and, you know, the thing that they bring to the world, because we all do bring something, and to take time for their own self-care, to breathe, to do something for them. And this shame... If it's telling you that you re- you really need to reconnect with yourself if you're feeling shame and actually you're too busy looking at others and taking on their beliefs, taking on who they think you should be or how you should act. And that's a big one for me. Wow. Just they good, aren't they? Yeah, it's so powerful. Mm. I think I love the... Because we're very fixed with how we understand you know those emotions or you know the, I think language is so important isn't it it can really help us shift our mindset um so I think what you've got there are just it's sort of like you've opened up a whole new space you know for 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 stuff to happen made me think as well that like our emotions are they make our life more colorful oh yeah don't they they are. They oh, offer that rich yeah. tapestry, don't yeah. they? Yeah, and then like prevent us from sort of just being in monochrome and just kind of on the same, you know, kind of level all the time. We've mm. got that. I don't know. Like you say, that difference, that abundance. How wonderful. It really is. You know, our emotions are there. They're part of us. They're part of who we are. But like you say, they're not fixed. They're not defining who we are. We've got that rich tapestry, as you mentioned. We've got that colour, that spectrum of possibilities with our emotions. And I think the more that we can remind ourselves of this stuff in those moments when those waves are coming, in, you know, in the middle of the night, when things seem really, really heightened, you know, we've all been there. Um, 
And it's about having these, I don't know, little messages that we can kind of give ourselves, whether we, we write some things down to ourselves, you know, so that when we're in those moments, we can pick that up and read it, mm-hmm. be reminded of it. Or we've got a song on a playlist that we can then go and kind of listen to that takes us off to feel a different kind of feeling. I think it's when we become very fixed and ingrained and kind of we're, you know, beating ourselves up for kind of how we might be feeling or we're completely defining ourselves by a feeling. That's when we, you know, we'll start to encounter difficulty. And I think the more that we can tune into ourselves, like you were saying, you know, what's what's in our heart? What's at our root? What's at our core? The more we can tune in and listen to that, the more able we'll be to notice and then to to make the shift, make the change, put the different song on, you know, read the notes to ourselves. Um, These are all like little tools for life, aren't they? Yeah, they really are. And I think just for anybody out there who feels that maybe their emotions are overwhelming them, you know, let us know. We can always we can always help, you know. How are you feeling? What is there anything that you're doing that actually really does help you that you can share with others? Yeah, give us a text on six double zero double six and start them with HCR, or email us on studio at hcr nine two three fm dot com. We'd love to hear from you. So, emotions. That's what we're talking about this afternoon. Because we all have them. We do all have them. Sometimes we feel like we have no emotion. Actually, that's a whole different thing altogether. There is, there's that emotion of loss. There's that emotion of like stillness, not understanding what's going on. You know, there's something going on when we have or feel like we have no emotions whatsoever. And it's all giving us information that we can use to really help with our mental well-being. And that's what this is all about. This Let's Talk Wellbeing is about how we can help our mental health, how we can make sure that we put things in place that really do support us. Because, unfortunately, we live in a world that is going to batter us in some way or another, whether that be like Mickey when he's trying to deal with something and... You know, he's not able to deal with the emotion in the now, whether that's Lee and having a manager who's very full on and not knowing how to deal with that. Or maybe that's Jay with feeling this anxiousness about the essay. You know, whatever it happens to be, it's information it's giving us. And there's always a balance that we can find. There's always a way of being able to move this forward. And I think that's the key with emotions. We all have them. We all know that things are going to impact on us. So whatever we can do to help ourselves is going to help us in the long run. It's going to help us to be more healthy in our mindset and to be more colourful in our emotions. Yeah, to, to understand them and not, and not be scared of them kind of thing and to not actually act from them but rather listen to them and see what they're telling us and then plan how we are going to address that. So responding, like we always say, rather than reacting. So 
we have this thing called emotional wealth. Can you explain this for people who are listening? So, so. Yeah, sure. Emotional wealth is a it's kind of a concept that we, we kind of developed. Um, but it really came from lots of conversations about about emotions, about all the things we've been talking about this afternoon, kind of how we respond to things, acknowledging that we are abundant in emotions. And the sort of, I suppose the comparison with the wealth is sort of thinking about building that up, building up, you know, kind of things to support us. And, and we refer to it as our bank, our bank of self. I think we might have mentioned it a couple of times before. And that when we're practicing things that support us, like some of the techniques and tools and things we've been talking about today, what we're doing is we're making deposits into our bank. And what that does then is it enables us to deal with things and to respond to our emotions in a way that is positive for us. And that's not in a positive, you know, ignoring what's going on kind of a way, sticking plaster and just sort of, you know, ignoring the reality. It's positive as in it's building us up. It, and what that does is it makes us feel more emotionally wealthy. It strengthens us. It makes us more empowered. You know, our, our emotional wealth, when we kind of break it down and we sort of dig into it, we've got 10 presuppositions. Um, and I think we should um, maybe do a show on this in a lot more detail. Mm. I think it'd be really good to sort of take each one and break them down. But you mentioned there's one about forgiveness mm. earlier. Um, but there's also things about, you know, I don't know, it's about our behaviours, isn't it? You know, like not doing things that we don't want to do and going against who we really are. It's a, a lot of it's very grounded in authenticity mm. and, and being ourselves. So we've got these temporary suppositions that are a bit like a guidance system. And when we're working on each of these presuppositions, we are giving gifts to ourselves all the time. And we are building up that bank of self. We are building up our emotional wealth. And what it enables us to do is to be in the world in a way that's true for us, but in a way that's also assertive. Mm. You know, like you were talking about earlier, Claire, um, and assertiveness is all about a win-win for you and for whoever else it is you have to deal with. So, we, yeah, we've got that kind of truth. We've got that assertiveness. Um, but we're also allowing ourselves to feel the feelings without letting them override us and meaning that we're, you know, kind of making decisions from there. So it's kind of like an ideal state that we're sort of striving for, but it's sort of a never-ending journey, really, because there'll always be something new to learn when it comes to our emotional wealth. I'm sure there's lots of things I've missed out there. I think that really sums it up. It's something that it, it, we're really passionate about because it really does help us to deliver those three Bs that we were talking about so that people can feel more like that. So how do you enable yourself to be who you really are? How do you do that? That's what I want to ask our listeners. How do you do that? How do you believe in yourself and make sure that you listen to what you need? And how do you breathe 
as in how do you just take that pause look after yourself add to that bank of self we'd really love to hear from you we'd love to hear what it is that you do that you know we can share with everybody else because we're big on one size does not fit all we're about let's let's try things out try them on for size it's what me and sue do we very often try things on and there's things that we forget and then go oh i'm not feeling great what is that about okay maybe i, I need to add a little bit more of those deposits to our bank of self it's nothing to be ashamed of because we do let things lapse and it's just about making sure that we we do give ourselves some time so it, we're really big on this really big on supporting people with their mental well-being and for you to also be able to support yourself so we're called 3b the mental well-being company because we founded our whole business on these three words be believe and breathe because me and Sue have a feeling that actually if we if we start from that and if that underpins everything that we do we are going to build our mental well-being to the point where we can deal with things in a really good way and hopefully stop us going down the mental health route especially with things such as overwhelm, stress, burnout, that kind of thing. So having a healthy mindset is really important. And that's what links with our three Bs. And we're really passionate about these three Bs, aren't we, Sue? We certainly are. They kind of came about as a, a conversation, really, about what we wanted to do with our... We wanted to make changes in the way that we were working and the way that we were living our lives sort of separately and... And it was these three words just came up through a, a kind of a conversation that we were having and they just seemed to fit really, really well. And I think I like things that you can sort of hook onto, mm. you know, and I don't know that's not for everybody, but for me, I like something to relate with. And for me, it's kind of, it's really easy to remember, you know, I've got three Bs, you know, and it's sort of my B, believe and breathe. And I think... I mean, I know a, a few years ago I was experiencing, I was really struggling, you know, with motivation. I was sort of depression. Um, I mentioned earlier about, you know, I was grieving for my, my dad and uh, I'd had a lot of upheaval in my personal life. And I honestly say the three Bs helped me every single day, you know. And, you know, this kind of going back to our thing about, you know, the sadness is on me. Mm. Sadness was definitely on me yeah. at that time, but I, I wasn't familiar with this this phrase then. But I was using the started using the three Bs to you know kind of just help me get a bit of focus because you know when you're feeling like that you're in that fog, aren't you? And you can't seem to break out of it, and nothing seems to. You almost kind of lose interest in things, or you know you don't you disconnect from people. Um, but kind of the three Bs sort of helped me find my way back to myself, if that doesn't sound too cheesy. And what I'd do every day is I'd sort of do a bit of a, right, well, how am I going to use the three Bs today? You know, how am I, you know, how am I feeling? So I'd always start with like, asking myself, how was I feeling? And in that, I was sort of validating my emotions, which obviously fits perfectly with what we're talking about this afternoon. And from there, then I, I was able to sort of go, okay, well, this is how I'm feeling. How do I want to be? How do I want to be today? And I'd set like an intention for myself. 
you know, I sort of make a note of that. Because I, like you said earlier, I'm someone that likes to write things down. And I know that's not for everybody. Um, but that would help. And then it was kind of like, what am I believing about myself today? And what I was able to do by asking that question was to notice whether or not I was believing things that were helpful or unhelpful. Or was I believing something that wasn't true? You know, like, well, I'm worthless. I'm no good. I'm a failure. You know, I've disappointed people. I've let people down. And when I started to sort of examine that, do I really believe that? Is that really true? I was able to kind of go, oh, well, maybe these things happened, but that doesn't mean that that's the whole me. You know, I'm just a human being who's maybe made a mistake or maybe, you know, circumstances meant that certain things happened. But that doesn't mean that I have to, you know, berate myself for the rest of my life because of that. So, yeah, is it really true? And what do I really believe? Or what do I need to believe, you know, in order to kind of shift my mindset? So that was that that helped me a lot. And then the third one, obviously, the the breathe. That was very much about me making a commitment to myself every day to do something that was just for me, even if it was just for a few minutes. You know, and that breathe, you know, we talk about things like guided meditations that you've mentioned there. So I tried some of those tried practicing some breathing exercises what I found was my biggest thing you know I tried yoga tried all sorts of different kind of methods and some of those things I do still use but the biggest thing for me with the breathe was to just go outside once a day you know and I am going to say it Claire you're going to mention the park I'm going to mention the park I'm very fortunate enough to live across the road from a park. <laughs> Might have mentioned it before. Well. <laughs> but even if you're not fortunate enough to live across the road from a park, we can all go outside and we can all kind of step or look outside, you know, and kind of or fight or let the outside come in. You know, if that's something that you're not able to do at the moment, you know, with things like plants and greenery and all that kind of stuff. So the breathe for me was about, right, I'm going to make this time and space for me, you know, and, and started off with just a few minutes. And I have a kind of a regular thing that I do every day now where I make sure that I go for a walk. And it's not a long walk. My partner laughs at me because he says I'm doing that cheesy power walk where, you know, I'm, I'm all wiggling while I'm, I'm walking. But um, I think, you know, I just feel like I'm not a runner. That's not going to be happening anytime soon. <laughs> So a nice brisk walk in the fresh air, that's my breathe. And so, yeah, three Bs. They're a really good kind of way to sort of come back to yourself. And I think it relates really well with this this thing about, you know, the sadness is on me. Okay, so the sadness is on me at the minute. So I'm kind of accepting that, that's happening. Helps us to be, doesn't it? Helps us to be real and true to sort of who we are and then we can maybe work with the believe and the breathe to see where we want that to take us mm. I like that really like that I I was obviously fortunate enough to, to be with you as you were going through this and it really did it really did help you to make those steps that you needed it didn't get rid of the sadness 
you know, because it wouldn't do. But actually, it helped you to to live through it and to deal with it how you needed to deal with it. And that's the big thing. We can all deal with things in our own way. We can all use things in our own way that really helps for us. If you are a runner, maybe that's what you need to go and do to build that bank of self up, to be more yourself. If you're not and other people are, then don't do it. That's fine. That's not who you are. So like Sue said, she's never going to be a runner. Right. And that's absolutely fine. She's a brisk walker. She's a wiggly walker. <laughs> so maybe that's you. Are you a wiggly walker? Are you a sit down and dance kind of person? Who knows? Whatever you happen to be. We, we believe in celebrating that. That's what it should be about. Celebrating who we are. All of our quirks, our differences. Stuff that, you know... We think, oh, don't know if I can talk about that. No, 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 you can. You can talk about that. You can say, because that is who you are. Really be comfy in your own skin. That's so important to your mental well-being. And part of being comfy in your own skin is acknowledging your emotions when they come up. And Sue said, sitting with them. You know, you can sit beside them. You don't have to act from them. You don't have to do anything from them. But notice them and understand them and and maybe just be curious about why it's coming up for you and is it telling you that you need to do something from it you know and what what could you do from that that was an extract from our radio show let's talk well-being you can listen in every thursday between 12 and 2 on HCR 92.3 FM or online on hcr923fm.com.